Welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in today's episode, I am focusing on a topic that stirs quite a bit of discussion in our fragrance community, the phenomenon of dupes, copycats or designer inspired scents and the fine line between drawing inspiration and outright copying another perfumer's creation. So I am here to guide you through this tricky topic, offering some insights and shedding light on industry practices and exploring the ethical considerations that come with creating or choosing this type of scent. Now, there are a few layers to this topic that I will cover in this episode and some that I will cover in future episodes in more depth. So we will be talking about dupes or designer inspired fragrances. We will also talk about knockoffs versus dupes and the difference between them and the law. Also remixes or twists that are common in the fragrance industry. Now, I will mention this a little bit later on, but I will also cover this a bit in a bit more depth in a future episode. Um, also, GCMS formulations being sold online to perfume makers to learn from. This I will touch on again, but I will cover more in a future episode. And the trickle down fragrances that are created by the fragrance industry for other products and brands. Now, this is something that does kind of sit alongside the dupe copycat market. But again, we probably won't have time in this episode to go into depth on that. So I will again cover that in a future episode because I do think it's something that is important for people who have not come across this before to understand. First off, let's clarify what we mean by a dupe. So in the perfume world, a dupe, which is short for duplicate, refers to a fragrance specifically designed to mimic the scent of a more expensive designer perfume, but it is offered at a significantly lower price point. Now, these scents aim to capture the essence of a luxury fragrance, making it really accessible to a wider audience who might not wish to or be able to invest in a higher priced original fragrance. So you might see websites stating a fragrance is inspired by, insert famous perfume brand, or you might see if you like, insert designer perfume name, you will like this and they will often include a name that has a similar feel to it, but not quite the same. So they skirt around the edges of the law because they are not claiming that they are selling the actual scent, just an inspired by or a version of. And this is quite different from selling a knockoff perfume, which is actually illegal. Both I personally think are unethical, but technically only one is breaking the law. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So what actually is a knockoff then? So back in the 80s, knockoff perfumes were rife at Christmas time. And when I was a, a teenager, they were sold out of suitcases on Oxford Street. So you would be walking down Oxford Street doing your Christmas shopping and you see this crowd gathered around this guy with this suitcase out on the pavement. And, you know, he would be giving it all the banter and all of these people were, were sort of grabbing these cheap fragrances. And the insinuation as, that was part of their sales patter that these fragrances were the real deal, but they were cheap because they had fallen off the back of a lorry, which is a British euphemism for stolen. So in reality, they were never even real perfumes. So they weren't stolen high-end perfumes. They were just copycat bottles with 
a filling that, you know, something inside that was, I don't know, it could have been coloured water or it could have been something more nefarious. And in a lot of cases, they were probably potentially toxic and dangerous. So it's a bit like a company selling fake Rolexes or a fake Louis Vuitton bag. They are actually pretending to be the real deal and therefore they are infringing on the brand's IP and copyright. Whereas a dupe technically is not. It's not claiming to be the real thing. So nowadays in the cosmetic industry, copycats are a lot closer to the originals and sellers are a lot more blatant about it, um, especially with the internet and, you know, TikTok and um, and Facebook ads and things like that. And a lot of them are advertising on social media platforms, but in a sort of an underground way. Some people just innocently want to recreate a discontinued scent that is a favorite. So it's no longer on the market. Now, this is actually quite difficult if you don't have a sample of the scent. If you do have a sample of the scent, it is possible to potentially get close if you have enough of the sample to send it off to a lab to get a GCMS report and then find a someone who is a specialist perfumer who will recreate that for you. So this is actually something that it is pretty difficult to learn to do yourself from a standing star and no experience. Some people think that it will actually be cheaper to make their own fragrance as a copy than buy a designer fragrance. And so the reason that I'm chuckling here is anybody listening to this who has delved down the rabbit hole of learning to make perfume will know that it is totally not cheaper at all. First off, you need some training that is going to cost time and money potentially. It's also something that you are going to have to invest a lot of money in materials to achieve. And once you have realized that, you will realize that it's actually a lot more expensive to learn to make fragrances yourself than buy something that somebody else has created. So if this is you, just go buy that fragrance that you love. Um, because, you know, perfume making is not a quick, cheap or easy process. And then other people want to start their very own dupe brand because they see profit in it and maybe they have no creative ideas of their own. And so the answer is always a big fat no from me. Now, you might wonder why as a perfume teacher, I steer clear of teaching or advocating the creation of copycat fragrances. The reason is really simple, but it's fundamental to my ethos. I honestly believe in the power of originality, of creativity, and especially the personal journey that comes from crafting your own artisan perfumes. Perfumery to me is an art form. It's a medium through which a perfumer tells a story, evokes emotions, and really expresses a unique vision. And to replicate another's work is to really overlook the essence of what makes perfumery so special and so personal. In the commercial realm, it's an open secret that many perfume houses analyze and sometimes mimic the scent profiles of successful fragrances using advanced techniques like gas chromatography, mass spectrometry, which is a bit of a mouthful, but it's a GCMS for short. Now, this practice isn't always about outright copying, although sometimes it is for something called trickle down fragrances. This is a topic that I will talk about in another episode, but rather 
understanding what makes a fragrance appealing to consumers. These companies then tweak these formulations, adding their own twist to capture a piece of the market share. Now, this approach underscores a reality of the fragrance industry, the desire to benefit from a proven success. So a the successful launch of another product whilst navigating the boundaries of originality and imitation. The rise of dupe fragrances, particularly with the advent of online marketing, really does show that there is a huge demand for accessible luxury. Many consumers will seek out the experience of high-end perfumes without the high price tag. And digital platforms have just made these alternatives a lot more available, more so than ever. And you only have to have a look on TikTok or YouTube to see this. However, this proliferation really raises questions about quality, about ethical considerations and the sustainability of supporting a market that just thrives on the replication of creativity. Studying classic formulations can be incredibly educational for aspiring perfumers and they help you to understand the craftsmanship and the creativity that goes into creating a perfume. But so long as you use these insights as a springboard for innovation and to develop your own unique fragrances that reflect your vision and your voice. When we talk about the ethics behind creating perfume dupes, we're really getting into a bit of a tangled question about what is fair in art and creativity. So imagine painting a picture that takes you months, pouring your heart and soul into every brushstroke, only to just have someone else copy it and claim it as their own. And this is pretty much what happens when a dupe perfume hits the market. It's not about mixing scents to mimic another's perfume. Creating a dupe means you're taking a perfume that someone else has dreamed up, you're figuring out its scent formulation, and you're making something so similar that people can't tell the difference. And it is a bit of a sticky situation because on the one hand, you could consider that, oh, it's flattering that a scent is so loved that people want to replicate it. But on the other hand, it feels like cheating, doesn't it? Every original perfume is a blend of creativity, of technical skill, and also that personal touch from the perfumer. When we copy, we're really missing out on sharing our own stories and contributions. And when we are buying dupes or copycats, we are really not respecting that that creator has put into it, especially if it's, you know, the case of artisan or indie perfumers. And we have had a situation recently where a so-called copycat or dupe company has potentially ripped off hundreds of indie and artisan perfumers. I'm just going to do a little segue sideline here because specifically in this case, and this is something that I just really want to iterate, is that if you are a dupe company and you are saying that you have copycatted hundreds of indie artisan perfumers, one, you've either got a humongous great budget and you have purchased every single one of those fragrances, which kind of defeats the object, really, I think. Or you're outright lying because in order to dupe or copycat a fragrance, you will need to have at least smelled that fragrance. You will have, will have had to have done a GCMS of that fragrance. So if you see a company that claims to have copycatted lots of indie or artisan brands, it is likely that what they are doing is selling something gen generic 
in place of all of these fragrances because there is absolutely no way, in my opinion, they could have copycatted that many fragrances. And probably what they are doing is just using the names, the brand names on their website for SEO purposes. So if someone searches for an indie, particular indie brand, potentially their copycat company will come up. Um, So just that is a little bit of a digression, but I just wanted to add that in because often, you know, there are going to be companies that are really copycatting and duping the big brands. But honestly, if you see a lot of indie brands on their roster, beware, because you might not even get one, you might not get your order. And two, you're probably if you do get an order, you're going to get something generic uh, that smells nothing like the original. Okay, so why am I all about creating new original perfumes? It's not just about steering clear of copying for the sake of being legal and ethical. It's about valuing what makes perfumery so special. The chance to mix our own dreams, memories and little bits of our world into a bottle. And it's about trying out new ingredients that might seem a bit out there. It's about, in the in the case of indie or artisan perfumery, It's about finding those really special, unique ingredients, maybe some vintage materials, maybe some naturals that are only available in small quantities. And it's about making something completely new that can stand out on its own. Showing that perfumery is not just about following a formulation that is laid out, but it's about exploring. It's about making mistakes and also about finding your own path. When we focus on creating something original, we're not just dodging that copycat label. We're also building a deeper connection between the perfume, its maker and the person, your customer who ends up wearing it. There's something really special about wearing a scent that tells a story, one that's been very carefully crafted with passion and a personal touch. And that kind of authenticity is something that is so important to me. And it is something that you just cannot replicate. So let's dive into how the big perfume houses play the game. Now, it is no secret that the fragrance industry is competitive with everyone wanting a piece of the pie. So when a perfume hits the jackpot and becomes a hit, other companies naturally want in on the action. And they use something called gas chromatography mass spectrometry or GCMS for short, which sounds super technical, but it's basically a fancy way of breaking down a perfume into its components. So this is not quite as simple as it sounds. And I will talk about this in a future episode. Now, reconstructing a fragrance formulation from a GCMS is a skill in itself, and it's not something that everybody can do. And also a GCMS will only take you so far. It is not a perfume recipe, if you like. It's not a perfume formulation. The rest has to be done by nose. So you might think, isn't that just copying? Well, yes, kind of, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. The companies that take these breakdowns, they look for the DNA of that successful scent and then they tweak it. So the thing that makes it a big hit, the thing that makes it a top seller, and then they tweak it. So they might add a bit of this or a touch of that to then make it their own. And the idea isn't to create a carbon copy, but to capture the essence of what made the original so appealing. And then they put their own spin on it. And it's sort of like covering a song, but changing the arrangement so it fits your style 
or a bit like doing a remix of a song. However, unlike a cover or a remix, they rarely credit the original. But that is another story for another day. So in the industry, it's called a twist. So as an example, if you look at Flower Bomb or the original Lolita Lempicka fragrance, they are both twists on Angel by Thierry Mugler. So they have taken the DNA of Angel and twisted it in a slightly different direction. So Lolita Lempicka came out, I think it was quite soon after Angel um, was a big hit. I can't remember what year it came out, but it is almost like the DNA of Angel, but with a licorice or kind of anise twist on the top. And there are lots and lots of other examples of twists on other famous fragrances. So this is not considered a dupe as they are not using the original brand to drive sales to their product. And they are not even saying they are similar. It's not even mentioned. And it's not illegal or even it's not considered unethical in the industry. It's considered standard industry practice. Now, whether you think that is right or wrong is another thing. But I'm just telling you that that is what happens in the industry. It's standard practice. And also that said, who do you think makes the designer inspired fragrances that dupe companies sell? Who do you think creates the fragrance oils that are inspired by big brands that companies who sell fragrance oils for candles, for reed diffusers sell? Who do you think makes them? Yeah, of course, the big fragrance houses create them. And this is why they don't shout about it and they tr don't try and take down the copycats. They are still making money whichever way you look at it. And most of these dupes actually are likely low cost off the shelf fragrances that they already have in their scent library. Now, I will talk about this in another episode because these scent library fragrances are usually what we would call trickle down scents. So I'll save that for another episode. So why is there a huge wave of dupe fragrances flooding the market? So especially with online companies shouting from the digital rooftops. It's a bit like when a trendy new gadget comes out. And suddenly there are dozens of off-brand variations popping up everywhere. So what is the reason? Well, there's a real appetite for it. You know, people love the idea of getting the look or in this case, the smell of luxury without the hefty price tag. We see it in tech. We see it in fashion. We see it in cosmetics. And it's the thrill of the hunt for some people. Finding a scent or a product that is almost identical to that designer high end one, but at a fraction of the cost. This explosion of dupes can also be traced back to how we shop today. Now, the Internet has turned into this vast marketplace where you can find a dupe for just about anything, including high end perfumes. Companies have got really good at marketing these alternatives, playing up the angle of, you know, why pay more when you can get the same scent for less? And with social media influencers and online reviewers singing the praises of these dupes, it is no wonder that they have become so popular. But here's the thing. While it might seem like a smart move to go for a cheaper dupe, it is not always the bargain it appears to be. Sure, maybe you save some cash up front, but there are always going to be differences in quality, in longevity and the complexity of the scent. Original perfumes often have the depth and richness that the dupes can't quite match. 
they are usually, despite what they say, much lower budget fragrances with cheaper materials. And often they are missing some of the captive molecules or secret ingredients that are proprietary to the original creators. So you might find that a, a particular fragrance house creates the original of a, of a designer brand fragrance, but then another fragrance house creates the dupe of it. Now, that frag original fragrance house may have captive molecules that they only use for their particular fragrance creations and are only available to their own perfumers. So even if that dupe is created by a big fragrance house, it's not necessarily going to be the same because they may not have access to those secret captive molecules or ingredients that the original company has. You could also fall prey to a dupe slash knockoff hybrid where a company claims that it's selling dupes, but it's actually not even a dupe, but a generic fragrance that smells nothing like the original. Honestly, folks, it is the Wild West out there. So please do buy dupes at your peril. Um, I would advise that you don't buy them, but if you're going to, you know, it is at your own risk. Plus, there's also the question of ethics and supporting originality in the industry. It's easy to see why some might lean towards a dupe. You know, maybe their favourite scent has become discontinued or the original is just way out of their budget. Some people say, and this is, you know, where there's online arguments about the four, the pros and the cons of dupes is that, you know, some people say, well, you know, the people who are buying dupes would never have bought that high price fragrance in the first place. And maybe that is true. For some people, it's also about the joy of discovery, finding a scent that is close to a luxury perfume without breaking the bank. And it is a complex issue. And honestly, there is no one size fits all answer and everybody is going to have a slightly different opinion. But this trend towards dupes brings us to a really important point about valuing craftsmanship and creativity. When we choose to invest in original perfumes, we are not just buying that bottle of scent. We're supporting the art and the artist behind it. We're acknowledging the journey from inspiration to creation. And it's about celebrating the uniqueness and the story that each original fragrance brings into our lives. So while the world of dupes might offer an enticing shortcut to the luxury scent experience, it's really worth pausing to consider what we value in perfume. Is it just about the scent itself or is it the craftsmanship, the creativity and the story behind it? By choosing originals, we are voting for a world that is rich in authentic, innovative fragrances that speak to us in a way that no dupe ever could. And it's a choice that not only enriches our scent journey, but it also supports the future of perfume making as an art form. So before we wrap up today, I want to just touch on the study of classic formulations to become a perfumer. So even though we've been talking about the world of dupes and the importance of... And I am going at classic fragrance formulations is not just a trip down memory lane. It's an invaluable learning tool for anyone dipping their toe into the art of perfume making. By understanding the classics, aspiring perfumers can decode the magic behind particular scent combinations that have really stood the test of time. It's almost, if you like, about learning the chords and melodies of fragrance composition before you start writing your own symphony. And this is one of the key things that novice perfumers are taught at the big 
industry fragrance schools, the art of scent matching. And I do think it's a slippery slope. And whilst it's useful, I do think it encourages dupes in people who are not ethical. The fragrance industry, unfortunately, is built on plagiarism and focus groups and distilling down a fragrance to its lowest common denominator so that it is acceptable for millions and millions of people to buy. But I personally believe that kills creativity. So study them, yes, but also put the work in yourself. And don't just think that buying some dupe formulation online will make you a perfumer. Again, I will talk about this more in another episode because this is something that I've seen popping up a lot, not just dupe fragrances for sale. I've seen a lot of companies popping up that are selling dupe formulas for beginner perfumers to follow and copy. Now, that's all well and good, but unless you understand the purpose of all of those ingredients in that formulation, all you're going to be able to do is copy that one fragrance. You are not going to learn from that. So study, practice, use your own creativity. Those are the things that are going to make you a perfumer, not copycatting somebody else's work. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was useful. I hope it helped you to understand the tricky situation of dupes and knockoffs and fragrance formulation. So as always, if you have any questions about this episode, drop me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. If you have enjoyed this episode and the other episodes, please, please go and give me a review. It really helps the algorithm. Thank you to everyone who's reviewed it already. That really means a lot to me. And also, if you have any thoughts or suggestions for future episodes, anything you have a question about, anything that you want to learn. Even if it's a small question, I am going to be doing another Ask Me Anything episode coming up. So if you have a particular question for me that you want me to answer in an episode, please drop me an email, send me that question and I will include it in an Ask Me Anything episode. And as always, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.